I did not um, set a timer today because I have a question for you that although I'm not reading the comments on my Facebook Live, I, I do I do value your input. I'd love to hear your comments on this question. What is it you're afraid to share? What is it that's going on in your world, in, in your belief system, in your view of what you see today that causes you to say, I would only talk about that in certain circles. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lorendorf with Leading Leaders Podcast. It's pretty ironic these days that social media has become the platform tool that it has. Now, I know there are millions of people who have enormous platforms compared to mine. Mine is, is nothing. I get that. But there are a few people with whom I interact. And there, are, there have been times that I've been in what we call Facebook jail for a few days because I mentioned the Bible or I quoted scripture or I said something that, that didn't meet the standards. And I've generally, because I value the opportunity to have the platform, I, I don't want to offend Facebook and lose the opportunity to have that conversation. At the same time, there are some things that I do keep within tight circles. There are, there are certain things that I only share with certain people. And I wanna, I wanna bring that out today because there's a very powerful reason why that's true. Yep, possibly it's because of fear. Possibly it's because I don't wanna have that platform completely removed and lose the opportunity to use the Facebook platform, partly because I don't want to have the cancel culture dox me and, and put my family at risk, partly because I don't want to have all the negative consequences for my business, et cetera, et cetera, because some of the ideas that I might share in a private conversation wouldn't be palpable for today's social media for the people who have nothing better to do than to troll other people's sites and look for a reason to start an argument. But let me talk for just a moment about why I think like I think and, and where I come from. So just some really basic facts about me. If you've ever watched my Facebook Live on my timeline or you've ever watched the Leading Leaders podcast, these are not things that I am uh, withholding from the crowd. These are not secrets. These are, these are the things in my life, events in my life that made me who I am and caused me to do what I do today. I was raised the only son of a single mom. My dad has never really been a big part of my life, although I know who he is and we have conversations. He left roughly when I was around five or six and has been in and out of my life, but never been a major factor in my life. My stepdad was abusive. I was molested at nine years old. I spent 25 years addicted to pornography as a result of that and all kinds of acting out that goes along with being an addict and being molested at nine years old and not having a father in the home. Had my own keys to the car at 13, and I came and went as I, as I pleased. I, I was the quintessential teenager at risk. From a single family, potato, potato soup and, and food stamps, uh, low income, no discipline in my own life, no structure in my own life to speak up. I mean, my mom worked her butt off. She did everything that she could, but I was not the kind of kid that was easy to raise. I made a lot of stupid mistakes. I also grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere where racism was really the flavor of the day. I mean, 
my uncles would still yell out racial profanities that when I was a young adult. I remember them talking in a way that I literally said at Christmas to one of my uncles, listen, if you're gonna to continue to use that language, my family and I will pack up and leave. I don't want my kids raised in that indoctrination. And I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s when that conversation happened. I say all that to say that where I'm at today, I began studying leadership all on my own in my 20s. I began studying the Bible at about the same time. And I can tell you those two concepts, faith and the study of leadership, have been the two things that have brought my family back from the brink. They've been the two things that have anchored me and given me a foundation to look backward at history and forward into the future with some hope, to look at the train wreck that my life was with some hope that it could be better. Oh yeah, I live in the now. I live in the present. Every day doing all that I can to engage with the people in my immediate circles, even strangers that I pass, with challenging thoughts and challenging ideas. I have conversations, most times via Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, with young people literally all over the world. There, there are people that I have conversations with that I've met face-to-face -face in, for, in foreign countries and some that I've only met online but we have deep, meaningful conversations. And many of these people are in their early to mid twenties. And many of these people are so powerfully persuaded by what they see and hear in the media and on social media about ideas that I look at and I go, it, it only takes a little bit of research to dig deeper behind the facade of what's being said and find the true anchor to it. It, it only takes a little bit of research to understand where our faith comes from and why some of these ideas run counter to our faith. It only takes a little bit of research to look back at history and realize some of these ideas have been tried since the dawn of humanity and they've never worked. They've failed every time. They have been destructive. They've been damaging things like slavery. There's never been a time that it worked out well, not once. And yet society after society keeps trying it. There are ideas that are bedrock ideas. And by bedrock, let me give you the illustration of the foundation of a home. If you were to go and try to build a house on sand on a beach, the first time the tide comes in, your house goes out to sea with it. So maybe you move up a little bit further and you build it on the dirt, not the sand, and you're a little more stable and you're further from the waves. And so you're not worried about it washing away well until a hurricane comes. But when that tide rises, your house will float because you ever seen a log in the ocean? Yeah, they float. And if your house is built out of sticks, it floats and enough water will float anything. Just ask, you can watch semis and, and buses float when a hurricane comes in, it happens. But if that's where you build and you don't get to bedrock with your foundation, it's not staying. But if you look at places where there are skyscrapers that are hundreds of stories, thousands of feet tall and you wonder how do they stand there in the wind? How do they stand there with thousands of people inside them? How, how does that work? Well, it's because they dug down first and got to the bedrock. What is the bedrock? Well, it's geophysically, it's a part of the rock of the earth that doesn't move unless the tectonic plates move. It's a giant rock and they attach themselves to that giant rock because the rock doesn't move. Now, psychologically, 
sociologically, economically. There's got to be a rock in your life, whether it's leadership, as a principle, it's faith, it's the practices that say, these are the things in my life, these are my core values, and they don't move. Now, sometimes you hit a rock and you think, that's it, that's my foundation, and then you realize that rock crumbles and you gotta go deeper. Let me tell you something. The concepts and opinions that are shared on Facebook, that are shared on Twitter and WhatsApp and TikTok, many of those are barely the pea gravel on the surface. You're still in the sandy beach area. When the waves come in, you're gonna move. They move daily. If you haven't noticed that, they move daily. You need to find some ideas that you're willing to hold on to strong. That will be like that palm tree in the early winds of a hurricane, because the palm tree may not make it through the hurricane, but at least it gives you something to hold on to for now. Something better than grabbing a leaf, something better than grabbing a beach umbrella. You need to have something that's got a strong foundation. And I don't care where you find that, I have my own preferences. But I'm gonna tell you, Tying yourself to the mast of a sinking ship is not a good idea. Holding on to something as flimsy and movable as a, a beach umbrella, like some of the ideologies that are shared around the world today, th those are not good ideas. These are things that change weekly. Let me just, let me throw this out. This is not an attack on any person. It's a question about the bedrock of an idea. Sexual protection under the law for a man or a woman to be protected, to say they have equal rights. A woman has the same rights as a man when it comes to voting, when it comes to jobs, when it comes to housing, they have the same rights, male or female, same rights. That was put in law in 1964. Now, in my opinion, still way too late. Why did it take so long to realize that men and women are equal in their rights in the law? But at the same time, the, there are other ideas that have changed more in the last 18 months about sexuality that are still, for lack of a better term, fluid. Notions about what sexuality is. Is it one male or two female? Or are there 71 different genders? Are, are, is sexual orientation just do you prefer men or do you prefer women? Or does it also include men and women who think that there's something other than that? Um, gender fluidity is a very confusing concept. But so is sexual orientation, meaning who is it that you want to have sex with? Uh, I'm not saying those things are wrong for you to make a decision on. You better make a decision in your life because who you hang out with and what you do with your life are, are pretty big deals. And those are going to have a huge impact on the culture, the society, the way you carry yourself, what jobs you apply for, where you go in your life. Then I get that. That's a big deal. But are those ideas, when it comes to the foundation of who you are, the, the identity of your personhood, are they beach umbrellas or palm trees? Are they going to change tomorrow when you change circles of friends, when you move across the country, when you live in a different culture? Are those things only true because of where you are now? Are you silent about them because you're terrified of what other people will think? Maybe your family, maybe your friends? Are you, are you terrified of talking about them because you're not convinced yet what you believe about them? Again, this isn't about judgment. I'm just asking you to get to the bedrock core. It, it was my 20s that I realized that I, I've never really been a racist. I, it's not my 
It's not my heart. It's not my nature. I watched it growing up as an outsider with no power to do anything about it. But I still hung out with all of the people of different colors and races. I got a hard time for my family for dating a girl who was of a different race when I was in high school. It's amazing to me how people's minds can think that way. But the bedrock for me was that all humans are created equal. And I've held on to that all of my life. That has been the bedrock I built my life on. It's the reason that I teach leadership to anyone who wants it. Any race, any age, any color, any sexual, gen sexual identity or gender identity, I don't care. There are leadership principles that are profoundly life-changing and they are the bedrock of life. It's like clinging to that palm tree and not a beach umbrella. If the ideas in your life are not solid enough to hold on to when the storm comes, you need to let go of those and let them blow away with the storm and find something you can hold on to through all of this tumultuous time. Because we live in a time right now where people are changing their minds. Just ask yourself this question. In January, would you have thought that a paper mask would prevent the spread of COVID-19? Just yes or no, I don't care. I don't care what your opinion is. Just ask yourself if I told you that putting a paper mask or a cloth mask, the equivalent of a sock, or a handkerchief, or what are the little stretchy things that people put over their faces? It looks like a big sock with no toes in it. If, if I told you in January, the virus that is killing hundreds of thousands of people around the world can be stopped by that, would you have believed me? Because the scientists have said, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. They're all holding on to beach umbrellas. They have no idea. There's all kinds of fake evidence as to why it does or doesn't. Here's one that'll boggle the mind, though. If a sock, a piece of fabric over your face will stop the spread of COVID-19, then why is it that when we go to outdoor events like a, a drive-in theater or I did a drive-in graduation last week, that the people have to stay in their cars with the windows rolled up? Because apparently COVID-19 can get through the glass. I only get that because even in that space, they made them park six feet apart from each other. Okay, so the little cloth mask is gonna stop it or the paper mask is gonna stop the spread of COVID-19, but being in your car with the windows up, you still have to socially distance. Come on, people. Beach umbrellas of an idea. These ideas are so flimsy and they're flying around left and right. And, and if you can't see that beneath that, there's got to be a right or a wrong. There's got to be a bedrock idea that we can hold on to. Either COVID-19 is a hoax or it's not. Are those the only two options? No, they're not the only two options. For some people, the flu is deadly. For some people, a Snickers bar is deadly. Why? Because they're allergic to peanuts, maybe. You see what I'm saying? All of these things are conditional, but there's got to be a bedrock truth that we've got to get our hands on. The same thing with our financials, the same thing with our culture, the same thing with our history. And this race thing, if we don't get a handle on the bedrock of the idea that all humans are created equal, that the God who designed them made them the same, and it's our own human stupidity and our own human whimsical behavior that has caused the problems we have in society today. But let me tell you something, that, that failure to understand that we are all created, that alone is a beach umbrella. You may not like that truth, but if we're equal, 
It's because we're created equal. Think about your own process of evolution. The survival of the fittest, if, if you believe in that. The survival of the fittest would tell you that only certain ones are going to survive and it's only the best of the, of the species, right? There's a flaw in that theory from the very beginning. And the longer you hold on to that, the more beach umbrella it becomes. But if you can realize that we're all created equal, now you have to start asking the question and say, well, what makes us unequal? Nothing makes us unequal. Some gives us better opportunity than others. That's choices. But you've got to get back to a bedrock foundation somewhere. You've got to find something to hold on to that doesn't move with the day. It doesn't change every time social media changes. It doesn't change every time a louder voice stands up and yells, oh, I think it's like this. There are people today promoting the concept that an adult having sex with a child is a normal thing. Well, I know that it's happened throughout history. Whether or not it's normal versus deviant, that's a whole nother question, right? But you've got to have a bedrock somewhere to say, is it the right thing? Because for thousands of years, people have been executed or imprisoned or fined for that kind of behavior. And now we want to pass laws that say, not only is it right, but if you speak out against it, just speaking out will get you put in jail. Bedrock or beach umbrella? Are you holding on to a palm tree that's going to be there when the storm passes? Or are you going along with the storm and the umbrella out to sea? All I'm asking you is to ask yourself, where do the ideas that I hold on to come from? The decisions that I make in my life, the relationships that I have in my life, the things that I speak out about and the things that I'm silent about, where do you get them? Are they solid enough to be trustworthy? Or are they made up yesterday? There's nothing wrong with new ideas. It's called innovation. But if new ideas don't have a bedrock in truth, they're nothing more than a hot air balloon. And either the air's gonna escape and they're gonna go flat or the string's gonna get loosed and they're gonna go away. I'd much rather be the fence post that the balloon is tied to than the balloon flying tied from a fence post. I challenge you if you are in a leadership position of any level, if you are an influencer at any level, to ask yourself the question, where do I get the ideas that I have? What is the bedrock that my notions, that my life is built around? Where do I come up with this stuff? How solid is it? How solid is the evidence that I believe? Do your research. Do a little research beyond Snopes. Go a little bit beyond Google. Look further back than Google and ask yourself the question, if somebody once thought it was a bad idea to mix those two things together, why did we start doing it again? Or if somebody thought, hey, we should mix those things together more often, why did we stop? There's a book that I was just uh, looking at. I was watching some YouTube videos around a book called The Lost Ways. And in The Lost Ways, they just one video that I watched, they show how to make a certain type of protein-based food that you can keep without preservatives that will stay edible for a long period of time. In fact, they claim, I don't know this to be an absolute fact, but they claim that this particular product, the way that it's made, has its own natural preservatives in it and they've found it as much as 50 years after it was packaged, still fresh, still edible. 
zero preservatives, all natural, all natural. It's a protein base. It has carbs in it, has the fatty acids that your body needs in it. And you can get about 2,200 calories a week from a pound of it. Now, we have to look back and say, how did our forefathers, the pioneers, the American Indians, the Native American Indians, those who lived on this continent and all over the world 500 years ago, how did they stay alive without a microwave, without Twitter? I mean, they had the ability to make a campfire and, and eat what was local and, and eat what was fresh. But they also had to know that you're not gonna find fresh carrots in the dead of winter. When there's 18 inches of snow on the ground, you're not gonna find a carrot. Your vegetables aren't gonna last that long. So how did they keep them? Where did they get them? What about food and meat? When you're traveling across the country, you're not gonna drag around a 1700 pound bison everywhere you go. So how are you gonna keep that meat fresh once you've cut it up? See, these are ideas that have been around for a long time and they were successful then, but somebody figured out we can monetize making food go bad in three to four days. Let that one sink in for a beach umbrella for a minute. Yes, there is a profitability hidden in the ability for food to go bad quickly. You got to buy more. If I could buy a dozen apples and they don't go bad for a while until I eat them, I don't have to buy a dozen apples as often. If I buy sandwich meat and it comes in a package that stays fresh for two or three months and I can travel across the wilderness with it, why in the world would I worry going back to the store next week? But see, it's that cycle that becomes profitable. There are a whole lot of things that we've lost the old ways. We've lost what was productive. We've lost what was successful. We lost what proved to be trustworthy for someone's profit. Because innovation isn't always about improving society. Innovation is often about creating the better mousetrap so you can sell more mousetraps. I'm just saying, whether it's in your capitalism, whether it's in your economic society, whether it's in your socialism and your cultural society, whether it's just doing good to feel good about doing good or doing good because it actually is good, you've got to get your ideas back to the question and ask, are you holding on to a palm tree or are you holding on to a beach umbrella? Because the storms of life are not going to stop blowing. And the older you get, the more you're going to look back and realize, I wish I'd known that 20 years ago. I don't care who you are as a human, unless you're an absolute moron when you're old, you have learned things now. 30 years old that you wish you'd known when you were 20, 20 years old that you wish you'd known when you were 15, 50 years old that you wish you'd known when you were 20, 30, 40 years old. I promise you, any human that lives to 50 is looking back going, man, I wish I'd known that 10 years ago. And if you're not, you're not learning anything. But in all your learning, get wisdom, get real wisdom, get back to the bedrock, find the palm trees that are going to stand through the storm and stop holding on to beach umbrellas and ideas and notions that change every 20 minutes. Every time the wind changes directions, they blow somewhere else. That's not good for an individual. That's not good for a family. It's good, not good for a culture or a society. And it's certainly not good for the world. Hold on to something that has stood the test of time. Get your arms around something that's not going to blow with every wind of change. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now 
for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.